From its earliest days, the church has recognized heroes of the faith, men and women whose exemplary lives inspired others to holiness. The word saint itself comes from the Latin sanctus, or holy one. Often these holy ones of the early church were martyred, killed for refusing to worship pagan deities, or suffering simply because they were followers of Christ at a time when that was forbidden. Through their deaths, new life sprang up in the church as their fervent faith was witnessed by some who were moved to conversion. You may have heard the phrase, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church, written by Tertullian, an early Christian writer. The feast day of all saints did not become a formal celebration until the fourth century, as far as we can tell. In the eighth century, a pope dedicated a chapel to all saints in St. Peter's Basilica, Rome, on November 1st, and this has been its particular feast day ever since. I grew up Roman Catholic, and we had all kinds of saint paraphernalia in our house. St. Christopher medals, small statues of St. Anthony of Padua, and prayer cards of various saints, Jude, Francis, Claire, Cecilia, almost like baseball cards you could trade and collect if you wanted to. Of course, in our Mexican-American household, the Virgin of Guadalupe reigned supreme, with pictures, statues, candles, all around our living room in a panoply of sense-around cinemascope to remind us who we were culturally and religiously. My mother had us on the couch reciting the rosary every night, her fervent voice not quite inspiring us to get over our resentment at missing our favorite TV shows while having to pray. One of my favorite stories or legends is that of St. Lawrence, a third century deacon in Rome. He was responsible for the material goods of the church and the distribution of alms to the poor. During the period of Christian persecution under the Emperor Valerian in 258, the prefect of Rome demanded that Lawrence hand over the church's treasures. Sure, he said, come back tomorrow and I will have them all gathered up for you. So the prefect returned the next morning, meeting Lawrence at the church's front doors. Have you got the treasures, he demanded. Yes, right this way. And Lawrence opened wide the church doors. Inside were all the poor of the city, gathered together in one place. Behold, in these poor persons are the treasures which I promised to show you, to which I will add pearls and precious stones, those widows and consecrated virgins which are the church's crown. Needless to say, the prefect wasn't amused. In fact, he was so angry that he ordered Lawrence to be roasted to death on a gridiron. The legend goes that after burning for some time, Lawrence cheerfully cried out, I'm well done on this side, turn me over. <laughs> Today, Lawrence is the patron saint of cooks, chefs, and comedians. <laughs> That's true. All of this is to say that 
My idea of saints was that they were superhuman people who performed astonishing feats of spiritual strength. And to attain that level of sanctity would require way more than I could manage as a goofy little kid with low self-esteem. But then I left the Roman Catholic Church and joined you Episcopalians. And lo and behold, you have this crazy idea that everyone is a saint. You point to the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians, which he addresses to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, grace and peace to you. And you have that wacky hymn, I sing the song of the saints of God, that goes, and one was a doctor, and one was a queen, and one was a shepherdess on the green, and one was a soldier, and one was a priest, fat chance, and one was slain by a fierce wild beast. As if saints were busting out of the woodwork all around us. You will forgive my Roman Catholic heart when I say that it's taken me years to come around to your theology on sainthood. Because my denomination taught me pretty well that none of us were worthy. Not really. And so we had to ask the saints to intercede for us to Christ. To put in a good word. Since they were so much closer to God than the rest of us. But I'm finally starting to believe that you guys, we guys, are right. The hierarchy that enshrines sainthood as something unattainable leaves us feeling not just unworthy, but passive. How could I ever, we think? And passivity is not good for spiritual growth because one, it keeps us from becoming the fullest self that God calls us to be, and two, it lets us off the hook for taking responsibility for what God would have us do in our own lives of sainthood. In other words, I now believe that becoming a saint means becoming your truest self, living into the potential that God has placed in you. We all carry a kernel of sainthood that longs to sprout and manifest our gifts. Thomas Merton writes, For me... To be a saint means to be myself. Therefore, the problem of sanctity and salvation is in fact the problem of finding out who I am and of discovering my true self. Now, please don't, please don't think I'm trying to say that all you need to do is relax and be free to be you and me. Uh-uh. Being yourself really involves constantly choosing truth over lies. Wearing your real face and removing the mask you would rather wear. Being yourself involves trusting that you are already good enough for any task God will set before you. And being yourself involves manifesting your gifts when you might rather just sit it out. And yet in a way those saints were nothing special. They were just being themselves fully. Lawrence, the natural comedian, joked to the end. Mary, the brave beyond her years teenaged girl, said yes to something she didn't completely understand, but had enough adventure in her to give it a shot. And you too can attain to your own sainthood. Because a saint is someone who does what is asked of them in their moment of truth. Think about it.
St. Lawrence, St. John, St. Peter, St. Mary, that's all they really did. They stood up for what was right when it was time. Lawrence saw the treasures of God and the poor as more precious than the treasures of man, and he said so. John left his nets by the sea when summoned and didn't ask why. Peter proclaimed, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God, in the moment when that revelation was called for. Lazarus, in today's reading, merely came out of his tomb when called. And Mary said, Yes, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and bore the Savior. When your moment of truth comes, you have the option of letting it pass you by, or trusting the sainthood God planted in your soul and saying yes. Be a saint and choose wisely. Actually, there's one other thing you need to do to be a saint. You need to die. <laughs> um, there's a hitch, yes. But let me explain what that means. The first reading from the Wisdom of Solomon says, The souls of the righteous are in the hand of God, and to all of us it seems to have been a disaster. They've died. This is terrible. In the second reading from Revelation, we hear about the first heaven and the first earth. They have passed away and the seas are no more. It's over. Lazarus dies and is dead for four days. All is death. But each of those readings has the afterword. But they are at peace in the wisdom of Solomon. God has tried them like a crucible in a fire and found them worthy, and now they run like sparks through the stubble, lighting up the night, inspiring and informing others. The book of Revelation talks about a new heaven and a new earth coming down, and all will be alleluia and amen and praise to God. The gospel with Lazarus, he comes back to life, he is called forth, he is given a new chance. And so the death you need to die in order to become a saint does not mean you get buried in the ground. It means you bury all that stuff that is just not serving you. And you wake up and you decide to say yes to God in whatever way that means for your life. And I don't know your life. Some of you I do. But some of you I don't. And I don't know it, but you know it. What does it take in your life to become the saint God calls you to be? What are you not letting die? What are you not letting come to life? It's a death, but it's necessary because God calls you to something on the other side of that death that will bring you life and inspire others and make you joyful. So, it's not that hard. All you have to do is say yes, but it's a capital Y, yes. So... May we choose wisely. I'm always reminded on this feast day of my former spiritual directions, director's definition of a saint. I think I've said this to you before. He said, a saint is a person the quality of whose life gives other people hope. I'm going to say it again. A saint is a person the quality of whose life gives other people hope. May you grow into your own sainthood in this coming year, O holy ones of God. Amen.